think the Lord uh, wants me to share this scripture with you. And that's Hebrews uh, chapter 10. The title of my message is, The Holy Spirit is Speaking. The Spirit is Speaking. Still speaking today. Gonna get that up. It takes seven steps to get there. It says, For the law, having a shadow of the good things, having a shadow of the good things to come. The shadow was then, we have the good things. They were expecting it then, now is our time. We have the good things according to prophecy. The law, that's the Old Testament, everything in the Old Testament was a shadow of good things to come. And sometimes I read in the Old Testament and you see amazing things. And you're thinking, if that was a shadow, we must be missing something. Hello? Something is not right. The law having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image, not the very image of the things. Can never, because of that, that's a shadow, can never with those same sacrifices which they offer continually, year by year, make those who approach perfect. See, couldn't do it. But today, we don't have the shadow anymore. We can approach, and the closer we get, the more perfect we become. According to the scriptures, we have better things, and we are actually living in the time of better things. Better things. And then it tells us, it can make The very image of sins can never, with the same sacrifices which they offered continually, year by year, make those who approach perfect. For then, would they not have ceased to be offered? This is the way I'm going. For, I always change that to because. To me, it's easier. You can see, anytime the scripture uses the word for, He's about to introduce you to a law, a principle. It's always important. When you read the scriptures and he says a lot of things, and then he says for, he's telling you this is thing, these things are the way they are because this is back in this. For, for, Then will they not have ceased to be offered for the worshiper was purified. The worshiper was purified would have had no more consciousness of sin. For the worshiper, and we worship the Father today in spirit and in truth. The Father seeks us to worship him and we are it. We are worshiping God in spirit and in truth. So the worshiper should no longer have consciousness of sin. You're not sin conscious. 
It's not like what I heard this past Sunday. We sin every day. And then say, I just woke up today, came to church and prayed, and went back home, get ready to come to church to speak, and all through the worship, all I'm thinking about, what I'm going to present, I haven't had time to sin. And I don't think sin. We're not perfect, but that's not who we are. So what are we supposed to be conscious of? Because what you are conscious of is what, who you are. What you are conscious of is what's happening in your life. If you're conscious of something in your room, you are going to investigate. If you don't see it, but if you're not conscious of it, you do absolutely nothing. You are what you are conscious of. So that's what the scripture is saying. The worshiper should not have had, after he has been purged, the consciousness of sin. Now, that's clear. But what are we in the New Testament, what are we supposed to be conscious of? So my thing is that God wants us to be conscious of the God inside of us. We must always be conscious of that. Conscious of God inside. That's why Paul said, you are behaving like ordinary men. You are behaving like mere humans. That's saying, we are not ordinary people anymore. We don't think like they think because Christ, God is in you. You are different. You may not believe it. That's because you are still conscious of the old self. God says, look, I'm making everything new. But you're not there yet. Because you are still conscious of the old you and you have not accepted the new you according to God's word. And you can only be conscious of it by faith. No other way. Because you can't handle it. That's what it is. I have to be conscious of God inside of me. In Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, it says, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? So I am the temple of God. You think God's over there? No. He is in his holy temple. Me. And then we talk about this. For what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of not just God, the living God. Not just the one we talk about. You are the temple of the living God. You are. You may not feel that way, but be conscious of what God says. Believe it enough to accept the fact that you didn't say this. God, who knows better than you, says you are that temple. (laughs) You are the temple. As God has said... So he tells you what God has said. I, God, 
God will dwell in them. Hello. See, I'm looking at individuals in whom God dwells. God, according to the scripture, because God has already said it. And when God says something, that's what it is. If God says today is Sunday, don't try to tell him it is Wednesday. You are wrong. He's already Sunday. Go and watch your football game after church. Because it will be Sunday. Because God says so. No, we're laughing about it, but this is the truth. God says you are the temple. Why? He dwells inside of you. And if you believe that, be conscious of God inside of you. And when you are conscious of God inside of you, you got nothing to be afraid of. Who's going to fight God inside of you? You think he's inside of you just to have a place of rest? Because he can't find a place of rest. He's found I'll just rest here. That's what it is. No, he's there for activity. Walking through you. For God said, I will dwell in them. And not only that, I'll walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. When you read the scriptures, now I understand. When Jesus kept saying over and over again, the testimony of two people must be accepted. The testimony of my father, who is in me, and my testimony. And they said, where is your father? (laughs) If you don't recognize me, you won't even recognize my father if you see him. But notice what he says. I am my father of one. If you've seen me, you've seen my father. Why are you asking to see him? He's inside of me. The one who is, and I'm coming to scripture, he said he's the one doing the works. He is with me. Meaning, I walk with them. He's with me. He has never left me alone. You see how conscious he was about him? He is with me. The father who sent me, he's never left me alone. He's always with me. Jesus was conscious of God in himself. Because God was dwelling in him. We need to be conscious of that. And this is what God tells us here. Say what Jesus has to say. In John 14, beginning from verse 16. And I will pray the Father. Listen. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. So he will be, he was the helper. He gives you another helper. And that's capitalized. That he may abide with you forever. This is the spirit of God. Jesus said, God is spirit. God is spirit. And then it says he will abide with you forever. He's not going to ever separate with, from me. There is only one God. 
And God is a spirit being. He manifested himself in the flesh. But Jesus came through the Holy Spirit. Now God's inside of me. And he says he will be with me forever. He's always there for me. I'm never alone. Never. That's what the scripture says. He says he will be with you forever. And then he tells you who he is. He is the spirit of truth. Truth. What does that mean? He is going to be speaking. Now, that's what I meant. The Holy Spirit is still speaking. Because only when you know the truth, you're free. He is the spirit of truth. And guess what? He is not out there somewhere. He is inside here. He is part of me. According to the scriptures. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. That means I have received him. I am not part of the world. I belong to him. So I had the ability after being born again to receive the Holy Spirit. And now the truth lives inside of me. The spirit of truth is inside of me. The world cannot receive him. They don't have the ability to receive him. That's what he's saying. But I have the ability to receive him. And I have acted on it. I received him. He, when you receive him, I can't own receive him. He's still there. He's still with me. He's called the spirit of truth. He is the helper. And he lives with me and he will be with me, according to the words of Jesus, forever. The only difference on all God is asking if you can only believe it. If you can only believe it. Because you won't receive unless you believe. But when you are sin conscious, you think, I can't have that. You exclude yourself. But when you are conscious of what Jesus spoke, and listen, there's no, there are no conditions here. Just receive Christ, right? You can receive him. Just like you receive Jesus. Yeah, you can receive him. Now he lives with you. And he says, listen to what he says. The world cannot receive him because it neither sees him nor know him. That means if I can receive him, I've seen him. Hello? And I know him. You know, talking about Jesus, I know the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus is talking about, right? Because I'm not of the world. But you know him, he said. And he's not talking about Jesus. He's telling the disciples, I mean, I want to ask, where is the Holy Spirit? How do I get to know him? You can see him. But Jesus was affirmative. You know him. Can you say, I know the Holy Spirit tonight? He is the helper. Jesus affirmed. You know him. And notice what? None of them argued. None of them said, Master, what do you mean? We don't know him. We haven't seen him. It's the spirit. But they were quiet. They understood. You know him. He dwells with you. 
He dwells with you all along. He's been around you. Joseph says, I will walk with them. He dwells with you. And then Jesus says, and he will be in you. And that's the place to shout. He will be in you. Is that possible? Why would Jesus tell us something that's not possible? He will be in me. So, if that's the case, and I've accepted Jesus, and I've received the Holy Spirit, I have to be conscious of the one who is inside, who is inside of me. And if I got God, I know if I'm God, with God in my house, uh, uh, what armed robber is going to come with a gun? You're going to kill God? <laughs> Hello? You know, I saw this, uh, you can go check it on uh, YouTube. This armed robber came with the gun talking to the woman and she raised her hand to his face and walked towards him while he was pointing the gun. I rebuke you, get out of my store. He looked around. <laughs> he took off with his gun. And another one, another, a few ladies were crying, calling on Jesus. The guy looked like he had seen something that would destroy him. He never looked back. He backed off quietly. And then once he was far enough, turned around and into the night, he went. The reason why they have access is we're scared. We're afraid. We're not conscious of the God inside of us. And that's where we need to be. John 14 verse 20. I like the scriptures. He says, At that day, In that day, What day is he talking about? Today. You will know. I wonder how many know. That I am in my Father, right? I am not going to be, notice, I am in my Father. And then he's saying, they're standing there, but he's saying, you are already inside me. And I am in you. We're one with him. Amen. We're one with him. That's what the Christian should be conscious of. Always conscious of that. So no matter what comes at you, when you are reading the scriptures, it says they took him as he was into their boat. Remember? And immediately he went to sleep. And they were worried. The storm came. (laughs) What storm is going to sink the boat where God is sleeping? Are you nuts? Storm, are you stupid? Are you going to do that? They were worried. And Jesus said, you're not conscious. There is God inside this boat. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? You're not conscious. You think this boat will kill Jesus? Kill God? This little sea will kill? Galilee will kill God? Is that possible? But when we see as humans, that's what we think. And we accept all that and be frightened. He says, why are you so afraid? Why? This is the issue. At that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. And I'm saying, God, I need to get this revelation of this. 
the revelation of this. In my early years, I didn't know very much. I knew enough to get me in trouble. But what I knew, I really believed it a lot. I mean, we were taught that voodoo doctors were nothing. We can handle them. And they actually tell, told us in Bible study, because they have, they do their magic stuff with voodoo stuff, sometimes suspend things. And I saw that when I was growing up. And they tell us, please don't go there and start pleading the blood of Jesus. You know, they try to, you know, they put knives and the sharp knives and they just stick it on their chest. They bounce off. And they warned us, don't go there pleading the blood of Jesus because you could kill the man. Because he won't work. And the knife goes in, now you're responsible. So I knew not to do stuff like that or even to go there. But I wasn't scared of voodoo doctors anymore. I got power. I got power. And I shared this. When they took my mother, they, they took me to a voodoo doctor. I wasn't scared of the man at all. This was a voodoo doctor that was renowned. Everybody was talking about him. And I was going to show him, teach him a lesson. A little pride there, but uh, it was okay. <laughs> yeah. But God does have mercy on the, on the ignorance, you know. <laughs> I had no clue about it. But I was very bold. I could care less. And I guess when, as soon as I sat in his phone, I said, I'm sure he's looking at this young man. No fear. He's never seen anything like it. I looked at put my finger in his face. I said, sir, I'm, I'm okay. There's nothing wrong with me. I just have received Jesus. And I think you, have, you even have more troubles than I have. And he was looking at me like, what, what is this? Never dealt with somebody like this. He was ready for me to leave his yard the next day. I mean, take this boy out of this place. I wonder what's happened to me, you know, after that. I had to start learning the scriptures. God would deal with you when you are a baby and protect you. But then later I had to study and know who I am really in him. At that day you will know. I have to know. You have to know. You read the scriptures, believe the scriptures, and know what Jesus is saying. At that day, or in that day, you will know I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. If he's in his Father, and you are in him, you have to go through the Father, go through Jesus, and find me inside. That's a tall order. How are you going to do that? He said, God blinks and he blinks and now is the time to go. That's not going to happen. This is what Jesus wants us to know. The greater one lives inside of you. The greater one lives inside of you. When you read in First uh, uh, John from verse 3, actually he was talking about the spirit of the Antichrist. The spirit of the Antichrist that he said is already in the world. The spirit that is out there, powerful spirit. This is, we're talking about the spirit of the Antichrist that would be fully manifested in the very end. He said he was already in the, he was already in the world. But then he says, but you are of God. And have overcome them. 
Do you know what the dumb means? Every spirit of the Antichrist. You have. You have. You have overcome them. No matter how hard they try, they cannot defeat you. They can't. They don't have the ability, if you are God conscious, God inside conscious, they can't defeat you. They will try and get frustrated over and over and over again. And many of their trials is a serious mistake because God uses those things to bring you up and give you more confidence. That's why I said all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to the purpose. I was praying about to something to, to God about something, and God just I can hear it deep inside my spirit. He says, I will fight for my child. Seriously fight. And that gave me confidence. I'm gonna have to worry about it. God will fight for you. Who's gonna come through that? Who's going to breach the power of the covering of the blood and get to you? But not this time. God himself is living inside of you. You are God's temple. And that temple is holy. If God says this stuff is holy and you mess with it, you'll find out why he said that. Once God pronounces something to be holy, that thing is no longer ordinary. He's been transformed because God said so. You are of God. You have to understand that. You are of God. You are no longer part of the world. You came to Christ. You are of God and you have overcome them. Not going to, you have. Why? Because, he tells you why. Because he who is in you. So guess where this person is? Is greater than who is in the world. He's greater. And we have to, the reason why we are very fearful Christians, they are not aware of God inside of them. They are more concerned about their failures and everything. And, 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 and that's where the problem, the consciousness stuff. When I know that God is with me, uh, you, you get very... Uh, Excited about life. I'm sure some people in my early days I had a lot of persecution, but I was sure God was with me. I don't know why, but you know, I was saved and the rest of them were going to hell and I'm going to help them. And I got persecution almost every day. It's like I'm thinking, okay, God, good morning. Uh, what next today? What am I going to expect? Is some woman screaming after me, leave my child alone, don't take my child to church, or somebody waiting on me, uh, uh, or a gang of uh, young men waiting for me in the dark alley. And I wasn't, I wasn't scared of them. I wasn't scared of them. I had, that happened to me, father screaming at me. I was, I was used to it. And that's all I was thinking is, I'm sure all my neighbors think this man is, something is wrong with him. That was what was concerning to me, what my neighbors thought about me, because they saw people screaming at me almost every day. But at that time, my mind, I was so focused. Nothing bothered me. Whether it's arrest to go to the police station, nothing. Or somebody cursing me at place of work, didn't bother me. 
I became very worried after the persecution all stopped. Because I felt like there's nothing to be excited about anymore. God, what happened? Right after the, I returned from the voodoo doctor, everything stopped. And I started missing the, the persecution. Excuse me. I let those things and everything that was being said, crazy stuff. My wife has heard about those, some of those things. And I'm not sure if she really understands all of it. Because <laughs> you met a, a somebody one time. And I have to pick on my wife tonight. And she was telling us about some of the things people were saying to me in town. Angela says, I really would like to hear what that thing was all about. So I said, She's still suspicious. <laughs> because they were saying, he's not. He's crazy. He's lost his mind. And my wife is thinking, how can everybody be saying he's lost his mind and he's really saying? <laughs> the woman just laughed. <laughs> yeah. But you hear that? It didn't bother me. I knew I was okay. Amen. They were the ones that were sick. (laughs) So, the one who is in you is greater. He's greater. He's not the one that's going to be in you. He's the one that's already in you. Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 52. He says, awake, awake. O Zion, put on your beautiful garment. Hello? You got him inside of you. Let him shine out. Awake. Don't keep sleeping. Get up. The greater one inside of you. God walks from the inside out. Before with the Jews, it was from the outside in. But now, it's from the inside out. Everything it does. He, you are the temple and he lives inside of you. And my message today is be conscious of the one living inside of you. He's a person. He speaks. And he's constantly speaking. You got to listen. He's constantly speaking. I need to move on a little bit here. Listen. He says now to him, Ephesians 3. Verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Think about that. And some translations render the word think, imagine. So he is able to do it. And this is a praise, a worship, words of Praise, extolling God, talking about who He is. God, who is able, that's what He's saying. The God will serve, He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly. That's two words, big words. Above all that we ask or think. And then He says, it's according to the power that is already at work. Inside of us. Not outside of us, but inside of us. Why? Because God is living inside of you. That's what Jesus said. He is there doing a mighty work, and we haven't gone very far with the God that's at work inside of us. 
we still think of ourselves as being ordinary. I never like when I'm around the minister um, the days I was studying the healing. And I feel like they are saying, well, look, look to us. We do the healing. I don't care about you. You're just a man like me. I honor your place. I honor your position. But don't tell me no other person can do what you're doing. Some other person can. And your job is to bring people up to do what you do and to do more. That's the way Jesus wanted it. That's what he said in John 14, verse 12. Greater works than this shall you do. That's the Son of God. So who are you now? Where the people following and listening to you cannot do what you do. So they have to look up to you all the time. They can never get there. Christianity is going to stay stunned. The time you're gone, this is like a joke sometimes. He has the gift of healing. So the man comes to church. They know the person with the gift of healing in church. Now the guy came to church to be healed. And the gift of healing is traveled to uh, Ouagadougou. <laughs> and so you come and they say, well, sir, you, come in the wrong, you came in the wrong day. Because our gift of healing is out of town. Uh, next week he'll be back. So that's an insult to God. That's a serious insult to God. Who are you? That God cannot heal unless you are in church? You are not Jesus. You are not the Holy Spirit. So train others to do what you do and let them do it. That's what Christianity is all about. Because they can. They are believers just like you. So I never like it. Once I feel that way, I just want to exit. Because... What is just like he says in Galatians, they will exclude you so you can feel after them. And so you keep going after them and they get whatever they want from you. I don't like that. I've never liked that. Because what you can do, what I can do, you can do. It's just find what the word says and, and act on it. And I'm not going to be jealous. I rejoice with you. Because that's the way God wants it. That's the way he wants it. So that you can be in Cyprus and I can be somewhere else doing exactly the same thing. But no, the greater one lives inside of you. Not going to, he is already inside of you. And what we need to do is listen to him. That's the course of the message today. Listen to the greater one inside of you. Because the greater one inside of you, he is wanting to do Greater work through you. That's why he is inside of you in the first place. That's the reason why he's there. Our job is to let you know he is there for a reason. Not for you to say, I have the greater one living inside of me. Oh yes, we've already heard that before. Show us the greater one. Let's see what the greater one is doing. That's why he's there. Not to go to church and worship, that's good. But it's to get edified and learn how to release the greater one that is already inside of us. That's the truth here. Now in John chapter 16, key scripture here, Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you. But you cannot bear them now. In your natural self... Without the Holy Spirit inside of you, you cannot handle them. You won't even know what to do with them. You cannot bear them now. 
He'll be like a burden if I start speaking to you because you have not received your new spirit. You are not yet born again. That's going to take place after Jesus rose from the dead. You can't. Amen. You cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, notice what he calls him, the spirit of truth. What is he supposed to do? When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. How does he do it? The word comes out again for. You see? That's the principle here. He will guide you into all truth for. How? Because, notice what it says, for he will not Speak. So guiding you into all truth involves him speaking to you. Hello? He's got to speak. For means because, and then we'll go back again. It says, he, the spirit of truth, when he has come, he will guide you into all truth. How? Because he will be speaking. If he is speaking, somebody has to be listening. Before you can be guided into truth. And you know why the truth is. For you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So every time the Spirit speaks, He's for your freedom. Hello? In whatever area. He's guiding you through speaking to you. And He's constantly speaking. You read Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah said, you know, I saw the Lord. And then, I'm an unclean man, I'm undone. I live among people with unclean lips. And, and the, the coal touched his mouth. And then he says, I heard the Lord speaking. When was he speaking? You mean after Isaiah was cleansed? God had been speaking all along. He just couldn't hear it. When the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, he's speaking. You have to understand, he speaks. I can ask him questions. When Jesus was here, when they had questions, they asked him. Right? And he answered them. So now Jesus is gone and I, I am in disadvantage. I can ask. God, he won't answer me. That can't be true. Why would it be better if Jesus leaves? I would rather see him where if I ask a question, he answers me right away. But believe me, Jesus says it's, it's, it's better for you if I go. Because the Spirit inside, he'll speak. If you ask a question, he'll answer you. Hello? We just don't expect it. Because we are not conscious of him inside of us. I can ask a question. God, I don't know what to talk about this Sunday. Could you please tell me? You know the people. I don't know them. I know them by name, but I don't know what they're going through. Can you help me? Please tell me what to do. I may not have an answer right there, but I do something or hear something, and I know. 
I'm not guessing. I know. That's why it's leading me to. Amen? And I'm confident. And sometimes I've said it, he's just a title. That's all. And sometimes, Teresa said, where's this going? I don't know. And I'm, I'm telling him, God, you know, you better hurry now. Sunday's getting very close. <laughs> I've already sent the title. I still don't know what to do. And I'm frantic. And then all of a sudden, a few words. And then you sit down. No words. These days, I, get up, I want to write it down quickly before I forget. <laughs> Hello? Believe me, he speaks. Sometimes we are too impatient. When I'm praying for people, especially the sick, I know I'm impatient. Because I don't want to wait and listen to what he's saying to me. I think I'll get better results if I can only wait. But you see, I'm not the one that's only impatient. Those that are watching us as we pray, they are also impatient. They want to see it right now. (laughs) This is not McDonald's, you know. Give me my burger right, right away. We have to be patient. But the truth is, he's speaking. And I have to listen. We are in a place of advantage. Where we can listen to him. He tells us this. For he will not speak. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. This is coming from God. He's speaking, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So, as he hears from the Father and from Jesus, and he speaks, who is he speaking to? The Father? No, me. You. I want you to focus on that scripture a little bit. Think about it. Is this true? Can we experience what I just read? Is this true? Will you embrace it? And believe that you can't go wrong? Because Jesus said so. And begin to expect. Believe me, your life will be transformed. Because the Spirit has answer for everything. Concerning your life. Not just scripture. Concerning your life. The disciples asked a lot of questions. Jesus said, Jesus will speak. And when they are alone, they'll ask. We don't understand when you said that. We don't know what that means. Can you explain it to us? He never rebukes them. He answers them. So why will he not do that for us? That would mean he has favorites. Peter, James, and John, they, he just likes those individuals more than he likes me. So, it's just me. No. God says in the scripture, God doesn't do that. So if he did it with one person, he's going to do it for you. What, are you inferior? No, no, no. He loves you as much as he loves them. It's just that you're not paying attention. They were paying attention. They were asking questions, expecting to hear back. From him, right? When they asked their questions, they were waiting for his answer. And he answered them. And I cannot be in disadvantage compared to them. Otherwise, God's partial. But that's not the case, and you know that. So I can stand in faith 
and believe. Now, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, he says, come boldly to the throne of grace. Right? That you may find grace. And that you might find, uh, that you might obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. In other words, when you come, not timidly, boldly. Because you will be heard. You will be heard. And you can obtain mercy. If you need mercy, yes, you will obtain mercy. And God's the one inviting you to come. And when God gives mercy, there's, a, there's going to be some transactions, right? And sometimes in words, you get it. Obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. That's what God said. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. <laughs> he will tell you things to come. He will tell you things to come. My situation is bad now, but the Holy Spirit can tell you how it will all end up. But not the details. He says, don't worry about it. He's going to be great for you. So, oh no, how, can you show me the road we're going to take? That's not your business. Stay confident and wait patiently. That's what the Bible says. The one who believes does not make haste. Right? If you believe, haste means you're not in a hurry. God, you got to do it now. If you don't do it, uh, you can't manipulate God. You can't cry and make him do it. He has his time. But this is what he says. He will tell you things to come. Basically, he will speak to that situation in your life and tell you exactly how things are going to turn out. I've shared this here when I went to A&M. They said, no job for you. And I prayed to God. And all he told me, I was here before you got here. Don't worry about it. That was it. It was enough for me. He came through. Once he does that, you have peace. You don't know what he's going to look like, how he's going to do it. That's not your business. Just be happy and wait. He'll get it done. Then he says, he will glorify me. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. And then he says, all things that the Father has are mine. Everything the Father has, they are his. And guess where he is? He is inside of me. I got everything he's got. I just got to believe. And he can talk to the Holy Spirit. Do I have that also? Yeah, he says, yeah, that's it. And he's going to show you more. He'll speak to you. He says, for this reason, therefore I said to you, he will take of mine and declare it to you. He'll take of mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit has answers, uh, answer for all life's troubles. No matter what it is. He has an answer. And he'll speak to you if you talk to him. And he'll show you scriptures. You know, you experience something with God and then later you understand as you read scriptures, see what he's doing. I've had questions. 
And all of a sudden gives you a few scriptures and your questions are answered. Now I see, when you ask questions, he will answer. He has a solution to every problem. And he will tell you the truth about the problem. See, he is called the spirit of truth. So whenever he speaks, he is giving you truth about whatever it is. They may tell you one thing. They are telling you what they know. But he is the spirit of truth. He knows all things. And he knows all things belong to Jesus. And you are a joint heir with Jesus. And Jesus says, all that the Father has, they are mine. And if I'm a joint heir with him, everything the Father has belongs to Jesus. And Jesus and I are joint heirs. Everything Jesus has, they belong to me. So everything the Father has, mine. And he said, the Holy Spirit will declare to you, don't worry about that. Our Heavenly Father is already taking care of that problem, okay? And then you get into peace. You get into peace. This is how beautiful this is. Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. John 16, verse 7. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him. Now, I want to close with this by saying, Jesus, while he was here, was very conscious of his his father being with him. I alluded to that earlier. He kept telling them, I'm not alone. I bear witness, and the father who is bearing witness is with me. But you don't know me, and you you don't even know who he is. But he's always referring to that. Jesus said to them in John 15, verse 17, he says, my father has been working until now, and I've been working. He's very firm about that. Because the father finished his work, that's the work of creation. God rested the seventh day. That means he didn't say God was resting. He rested from creation. But God is still working. He's still taking. He's holding everything together with the word of his power. God's still working. God's still working till today. And Jesus says, my father is working till now and I'm working. And in verse 19 it says, Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the father do For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. So was he going to heaven to see his father and seeing what they were doing up there? And then quickly come back to the earth and do it? (laughs) Up there, back here? In a split second? No. The father was right there with him. And if he's dealing with somebody, he sees what the father is doing with the person. Right? He sees the father... It's like spitting and putting the clay in the man's eyes. He does exactly the same thing. Just the way he sees his father doing it. Amen? And he gives the same word. He says, the words I'm speaking, they're not mine. Whatever I hear, that's what I say. He's the one doing the work. He's telling us this is the way it works. If you are a man on earth, a woman, that's the way it works. Verse, uh, John 10, verse 38 says, But I, if I do, that's the miracles, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe, guess what? That the Father is what? Is in me. Exactly. 
He was very conscious of that. Very conscious of that. He says, if you don't understand that the Father is inside of me, and he's the one doing, forget that then, just believe the work, because you know, no man can do this. That's all he's saying. The Father was he's inside of me. And he told you, and he told me the same thing. Uh, in, at that day, John 14 verse 20, at that day you will know, I am in my Father, the Father is in me, and I am in you. Same thing. So I have to draw from the greater one inside of me for those signs, those miracles, those greater things from inside of me. John 14 verse 10 through 11. It says, do you not believe that I am in the Father? Right? And the Father is in me. The words that I speak to you. I do not speak on my own authority. In other words, you see the Holy Spirit receiving authority and then giving it to you. Then you should speak. And when you speak, you are not speaking in your own authority. You are speaking in the authority of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit didn't speak in his own authority. He got it from Jesus. And Jesus got it from the Father. And all the way to that. And we are all one. Working together. Co-laborers with God. Get it? Co-laborers with God. I don't have to perform. Hello. I'm not performing for anybody. I can heal a person. Don't know how to. But the greater one is in here. And he told me, lay your hands. And I do that. He will do what he said he will do. Amen. He'll do what he said he would do. Because that's what Jesus is telling us here. He says, I am in the Father. Do you not believe that? But I have to believe that the Father is in me. And he's saying exactly the same thing to us. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that you hear me speak, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells, again, right? He says, I will dwell in them. That's the scripture we read. The one who dwells in me does the works. Speak, doing the works. Believe me, he said, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or else. Believe me. So we go back to the same works. But his focus is, you can't see the Father. But you can see the works. But I want you to believe that he's the one doing the work is inside of me. That's what you need to believe. And be conscious of. Amen? Be conscious of the one inside of you. That's what he wants. The early church was very, they believed in that. And they listened to the Holy Spirit. They listened to him and they've walked with him. Peter says, we are his witnesses. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to us. And the, the people are asking, we see you, where is the Holy Spirit? That's what they said about Jesus. I am one witness and my father is the other one. They said, where is your father? And the disciples said, we are witnesses and the Holy Spirit. And they are asking, where is the Holy Spirit? We can see him, we see Peter and we see John. That's what he's talking about. John t- uh, Acts 10 verse 19. While Peter thought about this division, guess who? Jesus said to him, is that what you read? Acts 10, 
verse 19. While Peter thought about division, guess who spoke to him? From where? From heaven? From inside. God, the Spirit spoke to him. Behold. And he gave him instruction. Three men. They're working for you. They're looking for you. And he says, go. Don't ask anything. Go. And Peter had no question. He listened. That's how they lived their lives. That's New Testament living. Amen? That's New Testament living. Acts chapter 8. Peter, uh, uh, Philip was having his revival in, in uh, Samaria. And an angel first told him, go to the desert. But when he got to the desert, the Spirit of God took over. It says, then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you were reading? I'm not going to. You can go back and read. But my point is, they were listening to the Holy Spirit. Was God shouting from them from above? No, from inside. He spoke to them. He was giving them direction, guiding them to all truth. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. Why don't we align ourselves and change our minds and decide from this very night on, I'm going to try to listen to him. You will know when it's not God because he's he's not going to be scripturally balanced. Amen? You can tell. So don't be afraid. There is the fear among believers. I don't want to do that because Satan can speak to me and I won't know. No. It's a lie. You will be able to tell the difference. And you will know when you're doing something wrong and it's not the spirit. You know. Then it's up to you to stop or continue to do what you're doing. And usually it's because you want to impress people. But you cannot be doing it right to, just to glorify Jesus and the Holy Spirit is not there. Hello? Because that's the way it should be. It should be second nature for us. And I'll close with this particular scripture. Acts 13 verse 2. It says, And as the minister to the Lord and fasted, guess who spoke? Jesus spoke to them, right? No. The Holy Spirit spoke. So they were listening to the Holy Spirit. And they lived their lives listening to the Holy Spirit. You see, what's happening today in the church, they want to do Christianity without the Holy Spirit. It's not going to work. You cannot. You can't do it. We got to receive the Holy Spirit. We got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If we speak in tongues, I don't apologize. We pray in tongues. I pray in tongues long. I like to do that long. And it's an amazing thing. I can just like it's a play, a game. And I can spend a lot of time just praying in tongues for about an hour. I tell myself, whether in the sanctuary there. And after that, there is a calm, calmness and a peace. After I've stopped doing that. Even if my mind was racing over different issues I'm dealing with. But just spending that time. It's like I'm intimate with the Holy Spirit. And something is different. And I can hear him easy. Easily. I can hear him. I can discern. And, and please understand, it's not putting yourself. This is experience. I'm learning. Amen? You can. All of us can learn. Just set your mind, no matter where you are in your walk with God, set your mind, I want to hear him speak to me. He is the spirit of your heavenly father. And he will. And if all of us are doing that, this church will be different. 
When they walk in, oh my God, something is here. It feels good. Because all of us are hearing. And you will hardly hear us fighting. The love of God will flow so much here. And unity will be there without people talking about unity, unity. It's just there. It's just there. And people will come in before, before Amy starts singing. Hey, they are ready to be saved. Amen. They are ready. And they, they, they want to do something. And if they see any opportunity to indicate that they need Jesus, they will do it. Before even I get here. Because they feel his presence. And they want to believe in what's going on here. I pray that God will make that possible for us in this church, everyone. That's the reason for the message. Stand up with me tonight. This is real, amen? This is real. This is real. You know, I want to do things for God, uh, but I want to be me. Amen? I admire God's preachers. The great ones all over the world, they're great. And there's something that they did and were bold to do that I'm not willing to do yet. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But if this is what God wants me to do, that's where I want to go. I will do what he has called me to do. And I want to do it faithfully and to please him, not anybody. Not name, just to do what he called me to do and do it well. Amen? And every one of us can do that tonight. Amen? And I want you to make that commitment to him. That you are willing to listen to him. Why would you know you are disobedient? How would you know you are disobedient if he hasn't spoken to you? Right? You should know what he's spoken. Not just from scripture. He can let you know, I don't want you going this place today. I want you to spend time with me. It's just like a thought running through your head. But obey it and find out what's going to happen after that. It's amazing how he works. Amen? Would you put your hands up tonight to him in surrender, every one of us, to him in surrender, and tell him, God, just like Paul said, I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to understand that power, which is the Holy Spirit, the power behind the resurrection. It was the Spirit of God that did that. And guess what? He is with you. He loves you tonight. Don't ever condemn yourself because God didn't condemn you. He loves you tonight. Tonight, God's taking you to a new place. God's taking you to a new place. A new understanding. A new love for Him. A new walk with God. He walks in you. He's walking among you. He is in you. According to the scriptures. Accept what God has said in the scriptures. And affirm to yourself, Jesus cannot lie. The Holy Spirit lives in me. He walks in me. He's going to walk through me. Like he did doing works through his son. The son is in heaven. I take his place. And today he's walking through me. Father, thank you for your people tonight. Your word. Your word lives forever. There's nothing like the word of God. It's living word of God that's transforming our lives right now even as we stand before you and enabling us to go places that we cannot even dream of. Father, thank you. Yes, 
We are going out into the deep tonight. By your grace, we will find treasure. We will find peace. We will find everything that we need. Thank you, our God. We give you praise tonight. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.